This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up Podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. So this week I wanted to discuss something that's been on my mind a lot. Um, this experience of being so transparent and open and basically my friend Christina says it's like unzipping your chest and bearing your heart to the world and doing that on this podcast, doing that on social media and being so out there about our lives, but, you know, especially, am I making choices for my kids that maybe are not the healthiest? So I thought we should examine that. Uh, whether or not I'm, you know, they don't have the choice right now to have their faces on social media. They don't have the choice. I'm making those choices. I'm choosing to tell all of Jackson's story from my point of view. I'm choosing to tell stuff about Jordan from my point of view. It, and is that healthy? Is that okay? Is that going to affect them in the future? And the truth is, you know, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm doing what I can do today in order to what I think better serve, best serve this family. So let's let's back it up a little bit and let's really d- dive in a little and talk about it. In Jordan's case, you know, he's a baby People share their stuff about babies and it's so sweet. And, you know, we have a story that's, it's not unique uh, by any stretch of the imagination. He's a, people call the double rainbow baby in that I had two failed pregnancies. One was a termination. One was a missed miscarriage prior to my pregnancy and subsequent birth of Jordan. Uh, And that's a whole other can of worms and a whole other story that we could talk about another time. But what's important is that's a celebration. I have this baby. Everybody wants, oh, he's new. Da, 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 da. And the same thing was with Jackson. He was new. People wanted to see him grow up. But once Jackson's diagnosis came through, it feels as though I have to walk a little bit of a slippery slope, whether or not I'm seeming to be exploiting him in some capacity. Now, let me just start here. I don't believe I'm doing any of these things. And there is definitely a possibility that others think I am. I would hope they wouldn't. I would hope that at least right now with the followers I have and the people that are actually involved, invested and involved and watching and paying attention and listening to this podcast, that you know that our intentions are as parents to try to do the best for our kids and that my goal of doing this podcast is education, trying to bring awareness to the real stuff that goes on behind the scenes, especially with kids with special needs versus what maybe you see on TV shows or maybe what looks like other things. Plus, most of those shows don't really, with the exception of maybe one or two, they don't really show younger kids because it's very hard to show autism or, you know, sensory processing issues 
with a, a child, a child actor, let's say, you know, at age three, and to be like, okay, do this and, you know, make it seem like it's actually coming from something organic. That's, that's hard to explain. So lots of times you're seeing stuff with older kids, which again, totally valid. I'm just not in that world yet. So for me to, to talk about it would be a little disingenuous. So all I can talk about is the experiences that we're having and the experiences that based on the conversations I've had with my fellow moms uh, and friends and parents of kids that are around this age, what our experience has been and is on a more realistic level, what what day-to-day looks like and how we navigate that. And then again, being able to offer that as, as a, a place for moms and dads to come and listen and learn, you know, or parents in general or grandparents or whomever, whoever happens to be a caretaker for these kids. Uh, so one of the big elements that I've been struggling with on the social media thing, I've, I get a lot of amazing support and a lot of feedback and people telling me that, you know, they're glad I'm sharing all this and all that is great and wonderful. But because I'm also an actor and I live in this world of show business, social media is a weird thing. Some places, some casting directors, some directors, some people really appreciate it when people are open about their stories, about what's happening, about their struggles, about their challenges. I see people posting about their mental health issues, about their anxiety, about their depression, about their even suicidal thoughts. I I think it's amazing that we have this place where people can come together and support each other. Uh, I see it a lot in our acting community, and it makes me really happy. On the other side, I see people shying away from other types of posts, posts that maybe could potentially make them lose work. Uh, Somebody was, was talking about they have confided in a director about other people who have been harassed in a sexual way or, or, you know, texted at 3 a.m. or inappropriate things from someone in power and that none of these uh, these actors wanted to come forth to talk, like to, to say anything or to even call it out because they felt like that was even subconsciously could keep them from getting a job. And that's terrible that we live in a world where that power We have such a power dynamic. Uh, Even though we're in such a collaborative world and in such a collaborative art form, there's still power struggles there. I bring this up because I am concerned about my career and the fact that I have chosen to be so open and so transparent about my life and what's going on in it that I don't know if I sometimes come across as unstable or I come across as too open or should we or I seem overwhelmed or all of these things that maybe subconsciously are getting into some of these casting directors minds that are saying you know eh, Allie seems to have a lot going on in her world maybe maybe we don't call her in for this or there's no way that she's going to be able to find uh someone to watch her kids let's not even bother calling her in we'll we'll get her when her when her youngest is a little older or maybe when they're both in school or you know not i'm not i'm not even saying that they're looking at me in any sort of negative way i don't even think that they think that what i'm saying or doing is in bad taste or anything like that i mean that's a whole other can of worms if they do but i'm more just saying that they are taking pity or compassion and thinking they're doing me a favor maybe this is of course me projecting nobody has said anything I just want to caveat this and say nobody has said anything this is my anxiety coming out wondering if maybe there's this 
collective oh we haven't seen Allie go to shows she often talks about how her nights are basically she's not sleeping so could she really be somebody we can trust on set look I don't know if I were in that position if that wouldn't come to mind for me would I be worried that if something went came down the pike that you know maybe that mom a special a special needs kid couldn't find help to babysit and take care of the kid and then she wouldn't be able to make it and that's not an excuse that we can handle or you know is it bo- worth it to bother to call her in when we know she has to pick up her kid and take him to therapy you kind of get where I'm going like this this is legit now becoming a, a concern of mine and it, it's probably something I don't need to be concerned about but I'm here to be honest with you and I'm here to be open with you that having children anyway in the workforce often brings these issues up whether and especially and I hate it, I hate that we still have this issue, but especially as a woman and especially as a mother, the burden falls on us. Even if we're the ones bringing in the money, even if we're the ones that are the the breadwinners of the family, we are still the ones that feel the responsibility to be the, or we're the first ones that uh, a school thinks to call when something goes wrong. Maybe that's our fault. Maybe we put our names first on the emergency contact list. I don't know. But for the most part, the first line of defense is almost always to the mother. And this was even true when John was the the stay-at-home parent for the most part for Jackson. Now, this most of that happened before his diagnosis. But even, you know, if they were going to get somebody in, I, was, I had a, a job where I was working pretty steadily, even though it was from home. I often had clients and I had people I had to talk to and I had auditions and I had this and the other. And I never... I was not supposed to be the sole, the the first, the first line of defense, if you want to call it that, for parenting. It was really John that they should be calling and talking to, and yet it almost always came to me anyway. We found that very interesting, and we found that very enlightening, I guess. Now I am the the first parent to be called because generally he's the one working, and generally I'm the one at home, but. It's interesting because even if it were not that way, I still feel like because I'm the one that does this. Um, there's a whole article out there about imagine, like imaginary managing, or or something about how there's all these non-written rules of the woman in the household who manages the household and all these things that we keep in our brains, whether it's doctor's appointments and this, that, and the other, and what are they taking, what are they doing, and da 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 da. And even if you have a partnership that's 50-50, a lot of that mental burden still ends up oftentimes, not every time, don't send me angry letters on this one, but oftentimes on the the stay-at-home parent, the, the parent that is the most prominent to doing pickups and drop-offs and such and such, uh, even if both parents are part, equal partners in the situation, and even if both parents work, even if there's a nanny, even if there's somebody else there actually being the caretaker taker for the kids, it almost, I would say, generally falls into the mother or that parent's lap. And that's unfortunate. And it, and it really kind of, it's, I've learned to navigate through that. But it does bring up a big question because, you know, we're early enough in this podcast. I could dial all this back. I could say, hey, this was a great little run that we did uh, and not, not really push this much further. And, and say, you know, I don't want to jeopardize what I've talked about in other episodes is not losing my artistic self, not losing that heart, that person that I am, that person that helps that piece of me that that's an identifier, 
you know, I am, yes, I am a mother, but I do not want to ever give up my career. It, it is a part of me. It is a piece of me. Performing and creating and being a creative person is a piece of me. I will not, I would feel empty in such a deep way. And I don't think I would be a very good mother without it. So, so here's the problem. How? How do I deal with the fact that there is a very real possibility that I am, I wouldn't say being overlooked, that's not fair, but maybe, and maybe not even passed over, but maybe in favor of somebody who doesn't have the same daily challenges, daily struggles, maybe they're getting called in over me because we're very similar. We have similar, you know, look, we have a similar, you know, presence. And you know that that person doesn't have anything sort of pulling them down and pulling them back. Is that going to be a concern? Or do they have enough faith that we'll figure it out and that the priority will be generally to make sure that I get my butt to the audition on time and get myself, you know, prepared to get on set and whatever that looks like? I don't know. And I don't know the answer to that. And as someone who has anxiety and takes medication for it, I feel I feel like I could go into a really dark, bad scary place on this and it could make me want to do one of two things run away from this business and like and run like move like get out of dodge get out of dodge now i mean I it's not like i have the money i can move today but these are just thoughts you know well maybe i need to go to a smaller you know area and just really focus on more indie stuff in a different location maybe maybe i do maybe maybe i need to scale down a little who knows maybe that's not a crazy thought especially somewhere warm because it is a polar vortex right now or I need to stop assuming that these are the responses and it just isn't my season at the exact moment hence why I feel like maybe I'm not getting called in as much or maybe I'm seeing that comparison thing of other people getting called in um, or maybe I need to clamp it down clamp it down clamp it down say hey got got ourselves some great help whether it's true or not no I couldn't do that because I can't lie but you know what I'm saying figuring it out and saying hey all is good here life is grand and shut down any transparency to my life so that it, no one's worried about me. I don't want anyone worried about me just because I'm vulnerable and open about my life because I do feel like that's what brings us together is when we're open and vulnerable and honest and real. So I really have to make a decision here if I'm going to stay the course and really, and, and not just stay the course, but really dive in here and be as true with you and as honest as I can be because if I am and I'm really going for it then I really am possibly jeopardizing possible opportunities for the future for my acting career for my creative career maybe I am and maybe I'm not maybe other opportunities will present themselves because I had the courage to go forth and do this as long as what I'm doing is not hurting anyone, and I, I truly don't believe I am, I don't believe that I'm coming into this with any, any intention other than to better all around, better how you communicate with your friend who has a child with special needs, better communicating with my own kid and figuring out how I can do better with him because lord knows i fall down a hundred times a day with him i have lots of issues i have lots of problems i need him to teach me how to be better and more patient and more 
kind sometimes uh, because I don't have the patience and I don't have the kindness. Oftentimes I'm, I'm a mess. I really am. But I'm still a mess that can get her ass to an audition. And I'm still a mess that can figure out how to self-tape at, at 10 o'clock at night if need be and make it really good because I'm not going to send you crap, I promise. And I'm a hot mess that can still get the kid to school on time, you know. So I would encourage me and anyone listening that might be in the same boat as me that until we are told directly, hey, what you're doing is actually hindering your progress as an actor or as a creative or whatever, that we stop worrying about it, that we stop making those decisions. We stop deciding that that's what's happening. And on the other side, if somebody does come to me and say, hey, you're a little too open, you're sharing a lot about your life and, you know, maybe producers and casting people don't really want to know all that. Because I know that I'm coming from a good place, a strong place, a place of love, a place of kindness and spreading good, I can honestly tell you that I might just say thanks for the advice and peace out. And I don't mean peace out of the business. I mean peace out of that conversation. Because I don't believe change is going to happen if we shy away from it. I do believe that the only way to make a change is to call it out when things need to be called out, to step into our power and to say, here's what's really going on. Honesty and transparency and openness is really how we're going to get through and learn and live together and find peace in some way. Because when we hide and we shove it all down, it, as I said, one of my favorite phrases is to say, when you shove all that emotion away, shove it down, it comes out sideways. And I just, I, and the reason that when we got our diagnosis, the very next day, we got on Facebook, we went on a video, and we told the world, our, uh, the world being our world, our friends, in a very real fashion, what was going on. And we did that because we thought, one, we don't ever want Jackson to feel like we're ashamed of him. Two, this is who he is. He is autistic. He has autism. He is, this is what, who he is. So why would we feel ashamed by that? Number three, none of us did anything for that to happen. Uh, it happens in utero. I didn't do anything. John didn't do anything. Jackson didn't do anything. This is just who he is. It's how his brain is wired. And whatever that looks like going forward is how we're going to address it and deal with it. Now, it's important to note that it's quite possible that anything that we do to help might be hurting. It's possible. I don't think so because we see lots of improvement and changes and he seems happy and in general uh, uh, you know, generally learning and enjoying that experience. And that's all we can go on is what he tells us and what he, we see. So if that changes and he gets different language and he begins to tell us, hey, I don't like this or this makes me sad or I don't like how this feels or whatever it is, and then we will address that. But all in all, I do believe that in order to continue to bring inclusion into this world, inclusion of kids who are not typical and are neurodiverse. The only way to do that is to teach the world that the differences are confusing, but also 
they can still be managed and and they are manageable in all settings. That's the truth. A lot of that confusion comes from the moments where John and I were talking the other day about <laughs> we'll take Jackson to um, the to a, like a play space or a park or something. And what's frustrating is that we at times want to just let him go do his thing. But another child may come up to him and say, you're in the way or move or whatever. And so the first mama bear moment is like, oh, you're 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 bullying my kid or you're you know yelling at my kid to move when he doesn't know that he's supposed to move he doesn't have that social cue and then the other side of me wants to go in and fix it and be like hey he's not going to be able to respond to you because he doesn't speak and then the third part of me is like I don't want to say anything like I don't want to draw attention to it because I want them to treat him like he's a typical kid because why draw attention to something which then just makes it awkward for everybody? So there's a very fine line about when to say something and when not to. And I don't succeed very well on that. And John and I, John was saying that he feels like he doesn't succeed very well on that. And so it's very funny because I watch him and I think he does a very good job navigating when to say something and when not. And I feel like I'm just always stuck trying to be like, well, he's not going to answer you because he's on the spectrum. And then I don't know that everybody knows that term. And, and then it sounds like I'm ashamed or it sounds like I'm afraid. But then I watch their faces and those who get it, there's this recognition and then this moment of, oh, crap, what did I say something wrong? Did I say something offensive? Did I screw up here? What do I say? What do I say? What do I say? It's very interesting to watch. Uh, and I think that that's something that we can we should address in in another episode is so what do you say? And am I saying the right thing? Am I am I jumping in at the right moment? Probably not. And if I'm not, and or if I say something, what should be the response? What could be the response? Has anyone ever responded to me in a great way that I would like to share? Can't think of it yet, but I will. I don't think anybody's had a terrible response, but I do see that moment of light flicker in their eyes. And it's interesting to see the how the, the next words that come out of their mouth are very interesting. And again, this is all set out of compassion because if I were in their shoes and I did not have my own kid with special needs, I don't know how I would respond. I probably would get my face would get really flushed and I'd feel really hot and I'd feel embarrassed and I wouldn't know why. And then I'd be confused about my embarrassment and then I would kind of want to run and hide and stick my head in something and never come out until they leave. <laughs> I mean, that's probably how I would respond. So I don't begrudge anybody their response. Uh, it's all understandable. So yeah, maybe I'll do a little bit of uh, uh, an episode on, so how do we respond when this comes up? And and what is the best way to to then navigate or do this or whatever? And again, I don't know that every parent and every child is going to feel the, the same way that we do. So as always, take this from my point of view, not as like the global way to respond to everybody because I don't know I'm not everybody I'm just me but I'm gonna do my part to put faith and trust and love into this community that I love and adore in Chicago and beyond and believe that I'm doing this correctly that I am and by correctly I mean not dotting the i's and crossing the t's but I am doing what my heart is telling me to do, which is to stay open, stay transparent, be honest when it's tough, be honest when it's great, celebrate the good, share the bad, just go through this with as much honesty as I possibly can. Because 
I just believe that is how we get better. That's that's how we heal as a nation. That's how we get better as people. That's how we teach our kids to grow the best. So that's that's what I'm going to do. And uh, and if you're struggling with any of this, I, I hope this helped. So yeah, all right. That was a lot, huh? All right. So uh, I wanted to just give a really quick shout out uh, to my agent, Casey. Casey, uh, I cannot tell you how much your support has meant to me. I'm going to cry. You don't even know, but every time you comment on my posts and you put a little heart on my stories on Instagram, it means to me that you believe in me as not just a mom, a fellow mom, but you 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 took me in and took me on as a client, you know, as to represent. And I that means a lot to me because you've seen all of this and you could easily have been one of those people that thought "Mm, she's got a lot on her plate I don't know if she's going to be there but you didn't you you believed in me and you believe in my talent and I can't I just I don't even have the words to say thank you enough for that so thank you Casey on that note uh, I think uh, y'all know where to find me. If you don't, you can find me on iTunes uh, and the Acting Up podcast with Allie Goodman. And if you get a second, I know it's hard, but if you think of it, I would love it if you rate and reviewed this podcast. You don't even have to say a lot, just a little bit, because it then puts me on the new and noteworthy podcast and then more people hear it and see it and more people who need to hear it and see it then find find out about it and lord knows i wish i had had this podcast when i got our first diagnosis with jackson even an ei it would have made a huge difference to me so uh if you think this is (laughs) new and noteworthy please go ahead and rate and review us on itunes and uh you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Allie Real to Real. That's A L I R E A L T O R E E L. Uh, and that's that's it, my friends. So let's just take this one step at a time, one day at a time. Just hang in there. Bye.